Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Episode 23, sponsored by Rock Paper Simple. You are awesome at what you do. It's time the world knows. Hi, this is Paul Lemberg, and I want to welcome you to Orchestrating Success with Hugh Ballou. This podcast is all about ways to redefine leadership as a pathway to increasing your business or nonprofit income. Now, here's Hugh with today's session. Hey, it's Hugh Ballou. My guest today is Justin Reckla. Justin and I have been friends for a number of years, and uh, he looks like Mr. Clean because he's the guy that finds the dirt. Um, I've known him to do background checks. We, we work together in a place, a business growth conference called CEO Space, and um, Justin checks us all out, and luckily I passed. And there's some relevance. I want to I want to bring the relevance to this this module today to really good leadership decisions. So stick with us. This will save you money, and this will save you a lot of anguish, and this will save you a lot of uh, a lot of problems, a lot of conflict within your organization. Justin, welcome today. We're talking to social entrepreneurs who are making a difference in the world. So tell them in a nutshell why are you qualified to do this work that we're talking about today. Uh, thanks for having me on, Hugh. Uh, so give a quick background of uh, where we come from. Uh, my wife, Tony, and I are actually both former counterintelligence agents with the U.S. government. Uh, we've got over 20-plus years combined experience uh, conducting espionage investigations, uh, running intelligence sources. So when it comes, in, when it comes to looking into people, uh, that's what we've done in our military career. We actually used to train agents on the exact same skill set, and now we provide those services uh, in protecting business owners to make sure that they're getting involved with, uh, make sure they're getting involved with the right people and not the wrong people. And that is priceless. Um, we're solving a problem that people don't know that they're going to have. And so it's really hard for people to understand why they need to pay. This costs money. It's, it's a service that you provide. And um, you provide it for churches and charities and businesses alike. And in my work in 30 plus years of working with organizations, I do find that there's some common problems people have. And we are very trusting people. We're a very trusting culture. And I like this guy, Justin. I want to put him on because I like him. What's wrong with that? Well, especially in, in the uh, social entrepreneur sector, you know, nonprofits, whatnot, um, what we find in our experience is that those industries are huge targets for frauds and scams. Um, because just because it's nonprofit doesn't mean it's not, it's not for money. Uh, and the fraudsters and scamsters know this. Uh, we see a lot of nonprofits being targeted uh, because of the amount of money that they are raising. Um, and those, comes in, those, those frauds and scams come in a variety of forms of service providers uh, who say that they can do something but either have no intention of doing it 
Uh, but more often than not, it's typically it's aptitude. Um, and where we see so many business owners, whether it be nonprofit or regular business, is in failing and in putting themselves at risk is they're not doing any due diligence. They're sticking with what you like, what you just said. We refer to that as the I love you, you love me conversation, and they're making an emotional decision that affects their business. And ultimately, that puts their business at risk. They have to, in order to mitigate your risk, you have to make decisions from one or two, from two both places the intuitive due diligence, do I like them? Or are we going to get along? And the mechanical due diligence of are they who they say they are and can they do what they say they can do? And when you make a decision from both those places, you actually mitigate your risk. And we tell people all the time, a little bit of due diligence on the front end is always less expensive than cleanup on the back end. Yeah, and I've been guilty over the years. I've had a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of bad hires, or shall we say inappropriate hires. And in a, um, I raised money for a small camera store in St. Pete because I was growing it massively. And I brought in a group of investors, and they met my leadership team. And here's my financial person. And he went and studied at one of the major business schools and was on his resume. And so they started asking him about his degree. And I just looked at it on the resume, said he went to the school. And then it came out in that interview in a very embarrassing way. He didn't finish the degree. Uh, so I didn't, and there are people, we've seen high level leaders um, getting asked to resign because they really faked it on their resume. And so part of it is checking the credentials. Um, I live in a town of about 30,000 people. And several years ago, there were three charities that got hit for several hundred thousand dollars each by somebody siphoning off the money. And these people were respectable members of the community. And, and we have, um, I read where the Olympics there, there's some things going on. We know the church has had a black eye, the Catholic church with uh, sexual impropriety. So there are a lot of reasons to do background checks. So what are some of the numbers out there? You said there's an alarming amount of money taken from charities. Do you have any statistics on that? So in 2015, um, the, the, uh, the International Fraud Examiners Organization actually uh, put out some numbers that said small businesses lost $3 billion to frauds and scams. Oh and my. if you actually, and if your organization actually has less than 100 people in it, you're 28% more likely to fall victim to a fraud and scam. Um, because typically organizations that, that have less than 100 people don't have the systems and processes in place to catch those frauds and scams. The large corporations like Microsoft, IBM, and, and Apple, they, they've all done this for forever. They've got teams of people such as myself that have got counterintelligence experience that protect the entire business and organization from what we call the human risk factor. Unfortunately, that's never really translated down to the nonprofit sector or small businesses because it's costly. Somebody in my position would make $300,000 a year, and that's just for one position. Most small businesses can't afford to pay somebody that kind of salary, and so they've been left to do their own due diligence. And most small business owners and nonprofit people that we talk to tell people that they do their, their due, due diligence, but really secretly confess to us that they really don't even know what that means. So, so yeah, it's um, the amount of financial fraud that's out there. Uh, we see more financial fraud uh, than anything, followed by uh, ineptitude. 
Uh, those are the two biggest risks. And a lot of people don't take into consideration the ineptitude piece um, because the person might be great. They might have some uh, experience doing what it is that they say they can do, but what happens is they, they then want to overpromise and over deliver, you know, they can't deliver. And so what we find often is, is that they, you know, you, you're going to hire a service provider or you're going to bring in somebody in your organization and they're going to go do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Well, you find out when you do your due diligence that they only got experience doing A and B. And unfortunately, most people get involved with somebody based off of what they can do, that whole package, and they learn the hard way that they were unable to deliver because four or five months go by and now you're out time, you're out money. And had you done some due diligence on the front end, you would have learned that they couldn't have done what they said they could do. That's a big one. That is a huge one because we, um, we're very trusting and we're naive in that trusting. And back to the purpose of this series, uh, this podcast series and this video series, it's about equipping leaders to be better leaders. And this is a repeated mistake over and over and people regret it. They call it a learning opportunity, but it probably costs some of them more than that 350,000 besides the charities. And I think the aggregate from these three charities was almost a million dollars that was, was siphoned off in a small town. And it was very visible. I went to one of my healthcare providers and from my appointment, I walked in, there's different people. So I asked him when I got in, he I said, where are the people? He said, we had to change staff because we found a million dollars missing. You know, the crazy thing is, is, is that we, we don't vet our friends. Mm -hmm. we, we don't vet the people that we've known for 10, 15, 20 years because we've known them, or at least we think we've known them. You know, and it's not like when you meet somebody for the first time and you're establishing a friendship, a friendship and maybe you're getting together to go have a drink or go to the movie or whatever it might be. It's not like you're going, hey, I'm going to need you to fill out some uh, questions and uh, want to vet you before we can hang out and do something together. And then unfortunately, if people build a reputation of being a nice guy, especially in a small town, right, then it, they be, that's the reputation that they earn. Well, if you dig beneath the surface, you can see all the business dealings. You can see all the lack, the lack of integrity. You can see all of that information. And I guarantee that had somebody looked into those people that were skimming off the top of those three charities, they would have found a patterned behavior that this was not the first time they had done such. Well, and they didn't have safeguards installed inside, which is part of the work I do. But um, last week, the local theater company did Music Man. And that story is about the guy who milked everybody for money and was going to leave town. They caught him. Then he had to do the band. <laughs> that was a good result, but it doesn't always turn out like that, you know? Um, so you and I talked about when I work with leaders onboarding new people, which is a big blind spot in, um, in small business and charities, we, we uh, do this search process and we put together a team, a search team, a committee, a committee is where good ideas go to die. Usually we put together a team of well-meaning people who have no idea what they're doing. So over the years I've created this process, which starts with competency. What's the role of responsibility? Do they fit the culture? And they, we don't know unless we've defined our core values and our guiding principles. So how do they match up to the culture? Cause the wrong culture fit, is a disaster. And then um, have we defined the expectations, what they, we want them to accomplish. So it, in that process, there's the competency, we see their resume, there's the background check to make sure there's accuracy of that. And then in between, when we, we uh, check for the competency, we define role responsibility, we have that first conversation with them, and then we check references, you know, before we bring them on board. 
there's a pl there's a multiple places that somebody needs a service like yours. So what what do people learn? Uh, what do you find that people learn in this process that they didn't know once you take them through that? Well, what we typically find is that they think they know something about the person that they're bringing on board, but when we walk them through that process, it's they realize that they don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, and it's, it's a very simple process that a lot of business owners can do, a lot of nonprofits can do on their own, um, is it's literally a three-step process. It's critical thinking, what do you know about the person, how do you know it, and, and what do you need to know before you actually get involved with them. Oftentimes people will, will only understand or know something about somebody because of the conversation that they had with them or they looked at their resume and their resume matches their LinkedIn profile and it matches what they've got on their website. But what do you really know about that? Because I, you know, I've built plenty of my own websites and I've created my own LinkedIn profile. So of course that information is going to be congruent. Um, and so really honing down on, okay, what do you know? How do you, how do you know it? And then the bigger piece is really, what do you need to know about that person or that service provider, uh, before you engage them? Uh, and then the second, the second step is literally asking the hard questions going and once you've identified those gaps of information and what you need to know, asking them, how do I verify this? Where can I get this information? Who can I talk to? Ask them, how do I do my due diligence on you? And then the third step is verify. You gotta go out and verify that information. A lot of people stop at that portion right there and they actually don't verify the information because they got an answer. The answer sounded good, it felt good. I don't need to go verify it. Or they went back and confirmed that it was on the person's website and okay, therefore it matches, it checks out. And as people go through this process, they learn really quickly that, wow, I really didn't know a whole lot about that person and everything that I knew about it only came from one source. Um, there's, there's, um, I heard some reports where some states don't allow the interviewer that's hiring a person to talk about their, their jail time, their, their incarceration. Yeah. Employment screening is, um, and I'm happy to announce that mid next week, we're actually launching our uh, employment screening services. So uh, we're getting everything set up on the back end. It'll be live next week. So I'm, I'm happy to finally announce that. Um, but the employment screening sector, one of the reasons why we've avoided it so long is it's really designed to protect the employee and not the business owner. And depending on what state you're in, like you said, there are certain questions that you can ask certain questions that you can't ask. However, that does not mean that you can't find the information that you need to make an educated decision. And that's one of the reasons why um, we're, we, we're putting together the system that we have. And again, that'll be live next week is because our system will actually go as in depth as a federal background investigation for people that are going through the clearance process. So it'll really help identify what an employer needs to know about a person moving forward. Um, next week will have happened by the time this podcast goes live. So what's the URL for that um, site? So they go to, they can go to clearbusinessdirectory.com to learn more information about uh, our vetting services as well as the employment screening. Clearbusinessdirectory.com. For more information, go to clearbusinessdirectory.com. I got it right. We'll, we'll put that in the, in the, 
than the narrative on the page. Um, these these podcasts have a life; they keep on going. So this week is not relevant uh, anymore. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like you talked about your background in intelligence, and I see all these scary TV shows where people are pretty mean and whatnot. And um, you got this this deep voice, and you could scare people. Um, so tell people this is not a scary process. Is it a scary process? No, this this is by far. Uh, one of the easiest processes out there. Due diligence is super easy. And one of the reasons why people don't do it is because of that emotional factor. They're afraid of what people might think about them. They might think that, well, I don't want that person to think I don't trust them. It, it's not about that. It's, it, this is your business. This is your nonprofit. This is your baby. Why would you leave that to anybody? So it's not personal. It is literally business and it's smart business and it's smart leadership uh, because you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your board of directors, you owe it to your investors to make sure you're making educated decisions. And when you put it at that level of this is just business and this is our process, it, it doesn't make it personal because that's now across the board and whoever comes into your organization, that's the process that you have. It's not personal. It's just part of your system. Well, it is personal if it gets out of whack, but it's, it's, I encourage people to write this into their bylaws and, and you can say this is required in our bylaws for organization and it's, it's a good business practice. And as you had noted, um, leaders make dumb decisions based on, I want people to like me rather than the principle based decision that it's the right thing to do. And that's the driver. And that's why I wanted to have you in this series. Um, I find leaders are, are constantly backing off of making decisions. They don't correct behaviors because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And then we pay the price and making a good leadership decision is doing the right thing for the right reason. And I think you've given us a number of reasons and this isn't, this isn't pushing you as a service. I know you're very competent in what you do. It's, it's having somebody like you that they pay money to, to do a proper job and we want to get a friend to do it for free. Well, it's going to be worth what you pay for it. Yep. And, and therefore, um, I know that you're very skilled at this because I've known you, what, four or five years, something like that? Five years now, yeah. Yeah, and you've exposed some things about people that um, others didn't know that helped them not go down that pathway. You even found a little thing about me when you did a background check on me. And I thought, you know, it was, oh, it's like a $10 bill somewhere. You said, you got to clear that up, Blue. And it was, you know, filing something late on one of the payroll tax reports which um, I thought I'd file on time, but you found it. Yeah. And um, by the time you found it, it was fixed. Um, but anyway, you, um, you proved to me you could find minuscule things. And um, there's very little, um, is there a drain on the leader's time in this process? What is it like time-wise for them? Uh, the process is super simple. Um, and whether regardless if they outsource it to, to a third-party vendor uh, such as ourselves or have somebody on their team doing it, the, the, the most time consuming portion of it is it's just getting the system set up and, and that takes maybe half a day of doing uh, but once that system's in place it's a matter of just sending out the right questions and then having somebody go through and verify that so the leader themselves shouldn't have to do that that the ceo and whatnot should be holding that vision but that process should be part of that vision and having somebody on their team do that for them and it, it's it's fairly painless especially if it's done through uh through what we call the transparency process to where the people that are going through it are aware of it 
Transparency process. That's a really good term. And I'm, I, um, you and I synergize on a number of things that I, we didn't realize in encouraging leaders to be transparent about things. That's a very, very strong leadership skill. I, I'm looking for the blog post. I follow Seth Godin, who writes very short posts, and they're really spot on, but he, he talks about functional and dysfunctional organizations. And we have people who are a pain in the butt, but they're good at what they do, but they've, they don't fit the culture. And so they, they create this dysfunctional culture. And function is never an excuse for a dysfunctional organization because we get the organization we compromise for. This is ending statement. So we do make a compromise, which then compromises the organization and compromises our income. Compromise is, is, a, is a lose-lose. Consensus is win-win. Compromise is where everybody gives up something. And so often he's talking about people that are already in an organization that don't fit the culture and they're a wild card. But the leader makes an excuse, oh, we need that person or it's too expensive to replace them. That's replacing them is costly and keeping them is costly. So I, um, <clears throat> I see leaders make this mistake over and over. And that's why I wanted to have you on to share some of your wisdom. Before we wind up here, is there another uh, piece of information we've not covered that you think is important for leaders to know? Well, the, the biggest thing is that um, in, in business nowadays, and there's 34 million small businesses in the United States, and I think I saw a stat that says that there's something like 70,000 new small businesses that are added every month uh, to that number. Um, and with, those, with the number of businesses out there in the United States alone, uh, the amount of fraud and scam that exists is, is unreal. And you see it in the news. People are tired of getting lied to. People are tired of getting ripped off, especially business owners are tired of getting ripped off. Is In, in business, trust is the new currency. And transparency expedites that trust. That's a good parting thought. Um, I always end up with a note to the weary and the frantic. You're weary and frantic because you didn't check out people and now they're eaten at the core of your organization. Prevent it by having somebody do the background check. Give us that URL again before we sign off here. By all means, they can find us at clearbusinessdirectory.com. It's clear, like you clear things up, C-L-E-A-R, business directory. Justin Reckla, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thanks, you. Today's sponsor is Rock Paper Simple. Rock Paper Simple is an agency that specializes in marketing-focused websites, branding, and digital marketing. Their methodologies and processes are designed around results, and they specialize in driving engagement and conversion with their beautifully designed websites. Go to rockpapersimple.com slash Hugh, H-U-G-H, for the special offers for listeners of this podcast. Thanks for listening today to the Orchestrating Success Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to stay focused on ways to redefine leadership and increase your profit.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.